Thanks for joining us for this inspirational teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith, Senior Pastor of City of Life Church. For more information on City of Life, visit www.col.tv. Let's join the service already in progress. Turn with me to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I'm really excited about this. Uh, this just whole chapter is, is beautiful. It's, it's one of the most popular chapters. If, if probably the most popular chapter, certainly the most popular verse in the whole Bible. Uh, but we're going to get a little context for this verse. And hopefully um, we'll leave here with something new today. Our hearts will be really excited about this, leaning in to Easter. I'm starting a new series today called Road to the Cross. Uh, i got two weeks here thinking about what the cross means. And then we get to celebrate uh, the resurrection. So John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. It says this, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. We testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. I'm going to start my series today, Road to the Cross. Part one of Road to the Cross is called Keep My Eyes Fixed on the Cross. Keep My Eyes Fixed on the Cross. Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much. Uh, You're wonderful today. Holy Spirit, we continue to invite you to move in our lives and just transform every part of who we are. If we need healing on the inside, if people are broken or hurting, even people that are watching online right now going through some kind of difficulty in their lives where they feel the burdens and the weight of the world on them. God, you said, come to me, everyone who has heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus, we cast our cares upon you today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in our life inside and out. Bring healing to our soul. Lord, bring healing to our mind. Bring healing to our bodies today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that we are transformed uh, and, and we're changed from faith to faith. Every time we hear your word, Lord, our life is transformed. We begin to reflect your goodness even more than we ever have before. Help me communicate this in a way that honors you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. I spoke last week uh, a message that was talking about the three options of the gospel. I was talking about the cross. So I guess last week really was sort of a pre-road to the cross. I was talking about the cross leading up to this whole idea of Jesus taking our sins upon himself on Good Friday. But last week when I was talking about the cross, the three options of the gospel, it was saying that the preaching of the cross uh, is offensive to the Jews. It's a stumbling block to the Jews. It's foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are saved, it is 
life-changing. It's, it's everlasting life. It's, it's the wisdom of God to those that are saved. And essentially what I was trying to say is that Scripture is saying there's three options when you preach the gospel of Jesus. Number one, religious people are going to be offended. Number two, non-religious people are going to think you're an idiot. Or number three, you're going to actually be able to preach the gospel and people are going to hear the hope of Jesus and their life is going to be changed. So that's the three options of the gospel. I was really talking about the cross last week. Uh, and, and it's sort of talking about the idea that the cross is this, it's, it's an instrument of death. I was talking about the fact that we wear crosses a lot of times. And uh, sometimes we lose the power and the significance of that meaning of that symbol of the cross. And that I was suggesting that we think about what the preaching of the cross means. Think about the fact that Jesus took everything upon himself on that cross. And maybe even stop wearing a cross until it's difficult for you to look at. Until you, it's, don't wear a cross until it's difficult for you to look at. Then you can put it on and go, I understand what that means to me. So that's last week what we were talking about about the cross. Today I want to come in after that. And I want to uh, focus on this idea on the road to the cross. Cassie wrote a song a, a few years ago that I love. We, we sang it a couple times, but I love the name of the song. It's called Keep My Eyes Fixed on the Cross. And the idea of keeping my eyes fixed on the cross is such a relevant idea as we're moving toward the time of Easter. Keep my eyes fixed on the cross. The re that's the reason, I call, the reason I call my message, keep my eyes fixed on the cross, is I believe that's what this passage of Scripture is about in John chapter 3. So follow along with me uh, in your Bible or on the screens as we read together through the Scriptures. I'm going to teach this verse by verse today. It says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now let's look at this for just a quick second. So it says there was a Pharisee. Uh, we know that Nicodemus was a religious man. A man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. That's called the Sanhedrin. So he had a very high position of power, about 70 men that ruled over every Jew in the world. Super, super powerful men. The Pharisees and the Sanhedrin are actually the ones who ended up killing Jesus. They're the ones who ended up hating him so much. They're the ones that were coming after him and trying to stone him when he was claiming that he was the Messiah. So isn't it interesting that in verse 2 it says he came to Jesus at night. You rarely go to someone at night if you're super proud of everything and you want to be out in the open. He came to Jesus at night because he was kind of on the DL a little bit. He wanted to be on the down low and say, Jesus, what, you know, what's going on with you? I mean, you got something powerful about you and, and, and everybody else doesn't like it. But I actually see that there's something powerful about you and you've got God on your side. There's no way you would be able to be doing these things. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night and he says... We know that your teachers come from God. No one could perform the signs you're doing if God weren't with him. Now Jesus uses one of the most famous phrases ever to respond to Nicodemus wanting to know more about him. So Nicodemus is coming, and, and you know, I think there's a lot of people even in this room. There's a lot of people who know about Jesus. There's a lot of people who have heard about Jesus. Maybe they think Jesus is a good person and, and, and he does great things. Maybe you're in this room and you're kind of like Nicodemus. You a little bit are going, Jesus, I, I know that you're real. I know that you're there. I believe that there's, you know, you couldn't have been raised from the dead if, if you weren't real. There's something about you. I'm going to investigate you a little bit. But Jesus takes it up a notch and says something that nobody has ever really heard in this context 
Certainly not about Christianity and the formation of this new faith that Jesus is forming right here. And Jesus said, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Who's born again in this room today? Who's, do you know what it means to be born again? You know, I'm, I like that. I, it's, it's sad that we have used, many people have used that phrase to say, well, hey, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Tom since high school. How's Tom doing? Well, he's a born-again Christian. That's not exactly a compliment these days, is it? That, that, that's the way people try to describe someone who is fanatical, that they're, they're a born-again Christian. They're, they're not exactly uh, being very encouraging when they say that. But think about what Jesus is trying to tell us here. You have to be born again. So Nicodemus comes back. Now, before you think Nicodemus is an idiot, let's, let's remember here, because he does say something that sounds stupid. He says, how can someone be born again when they're old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Yeah, obviously you can't do that. Uh, unless you're really dumb. Uh, but uh, Nicodemus is not literally suggesting to do this because Jesus later on calls him the teacher of Israel. There are a lot of people that believe that Nicodemus was in fact the greatest teacher of all of Israel. So Nicodemus is not coming here like an idiot. He's a very intellectual, thoughtful person. He's sort of throwing this up here ph philosophically like, I don't get it. You can't, you know, you can't be, I can't go back in my mom's womb and be born again. So he's not saying it like a moron. He's actually on an intellectual level trying to have a conversation with Jesus, trying to rationalize salvation. Look at someone next to you and say, you can't rationalize salvation. Look at him and say, you look great, by the way. Forgot to tell you. <laughs> Got to be encouraging people in church. Can't just start saying stuff about rationalizing without telling someone they look good first. I apologize. I mixed that up a little bit. So, so, so he's, he's having this intellectual conversation. How, what are you talking about being born again? He actually doesn't get it. Who does? Who could possibly get this? Jesus is explaining what this new life looks like, a life in the spirit. And he, he creates this phrase, born again. And, and, and he says, how can someone be born when they're old? They can't go back in their mother's womb. And Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and born of the spirit. Now listen, there was a person that came right before Jesus who was a, his predecessor, who was promoting Jesus. Does anyone, I'm kind of giving you some hints here. Does anyone know who this is? Who is it? We'll pretend we're in children's church. <laughs> Only in children's church, the right answer is always Jesus. You know, if you don't know, you ever notice that? When they ask you any question, you just go, Jesus. But in this case, that's the wrong answer. Because Jesus was not his own predecessor. John the Baptist preceded Jesus. He paved the way for Jesus. And what did John the Baptist preach? What did he preach? Repentance. He preached repentance and he's a Baptist. He baptized people. So he preached the baptism of repentance through the, the, the baptism of repentance is basically what he preached. So what Jesus is saying is that it's, it's not just simply repentance that John the Baptist preached. 
He's saying there's two things. In order to be saved, you have to be born of the water. So you have to be, you have to repent of the old life that you used to live, which means you have to know you're wrong to begin with. Can I get an amen from someone? Jesus is setting up and laying out what salvation looks like here to all of us. He's saying, so you need to repent. You need to know that your life is not right in the first place. You know, I believe, you know, I believe that we are all equally bad. I'm going to say that until someone says amen. I believe that we're all equally bad. You say, well, hold on. I don't cuss, and he does. Well, hold on. Stop pointing to your husband for a second. And, and let, let me just clarify some, something. If you've broken one part of the law, doesn't the Bible say that if you've broken one part of the law, then you've broken all of it? Okay, so that's what I mean. I mean that we are all, we try to categorize all of our different things, and I'm better than him, and he's better than... But, but we're all equally bad in God's eyes in terms of we have nothing uh, to bring to him that's going to impress him enough that, that qualifies us to be saved. So, so what Jesus is essentially saying here is it starts with recognizing that, that we are messed up. So, so you need to have repentance. You need to know that you need a Savior. Does anyone know you need a Savior today? Stop saying, well, I'm already saved. Well, but you need to know that you need a Savior. So, so, that, so he's saying that John preached an appropriate uh, message, the, the, the message of baptism. He said, but now there's more. You've got to be born of the water, but you've got to be born of something else that John didn't preach about. He, he talked about, he, he did preach about it. He said, there's one coming after me who's going to baptize with fire. See, and John was talking about Jesus. He said, Jesus is going to bring a spirit life. I'm baptizing you with water, but you're about to get baptized from the inside out with fire from the inside. Come on, that's, a, that's the new baptism. So Jesus said, you've got to be born of the water. You've got to be born of the spirit. Then he goes on and says, flesh gives birth to flesh. He's like, We're, you're trying to have an intellectual conversation with me here, Nicodemus. You're a super smart guy. One of the best teachers out there. I give you mad respect on the intellectual level. But listen, it can't just be right here. It can't just be rationalizing everything about God. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You shouldn't be surprised, Nicodemus, when I say you must be born again. And he's trying now to explain to him what a spirit life looks like. Listen to what he says. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. You guys ever watch meteorologists on television who get up and say, today is going to be a beautiful day. They've got all this amazing equipment. Today is going to be a beautiful day for the beach. They've got the super Doppler. I don't even know what that is, a super Doppler. <laughs> but they've got it. They've got computer models. They got everything. Everyone go to the beach and you go to the beach and it rains. See, what Jesus is trying to say here is he's trying to say, you know what? Something as simple as the wind. We don't understand it. We may try to theorize what it is, but what he's saying is we cannot define it. We don't know where it's coming from. We don't know where it's going. We can't see the wind. He says, but we see the leaves blowing, don't we? So what Jesus is saying is there's a spirit life. We don't understand the spirit life, but we're gonna, you're going to see the results of it. You're going to see it moving in your life. You're gonna Who can feel the wind? I can feel the wind. I don't have to understand the wind to feel the wind. And so Jesus is telling Nicodemus there's a spirit life. Oh my gosh, the spirit is going to be amazing. It blows wherever it pleases. You're here at sound. Can you tell where it's come from or where it's going? So it is with everyone born of the spirit. 
He's saying you got to be born again of the Spirit. You need a new Spirit in you. You need the Holy Spirit. You need a regeneration. It, that's what the new birth is all about. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. That's what this brand new life in Jesus looks like. Throw away your old life. Stop thinking like the old person that you used to be, is what Jesus is saying, and get ready to be a brand new person in me. Ezekiel 36, 26, Old Testament says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. This is a prophetic scripture that's teaching us what born again actually is going to look like someday. The old heart is gone. Does anyone, is anyone willing to admit here that your old heart is pretty ugly and pretty mean? My old, shoot, my new one might be mean every once in a while. I, I got I to renew that thing every day. My new, my, my new one's right, but I just got to make sure that I'm on top of it or I'll get back into that old one every single day if I'm not constantly being transformed by the renewing of my mind. It's, so old things are passed away. He says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. See, salvation is not just repenting. It's not just on an intellectual level. Jesus was getting down with Nicodemus on an intellectual level saying, look, look, homie, you're used to obeying all the rules. You're used to like rationalizing everything in your head. It's more than that, people. It is more than just rationalizing. It is living a supernatural, spirit-filled life every single day. He's the one that saves us and gives us the supernatural ability to live this Christian life. That's what being born again is. And, and when after Nicodemus says something understandable, verse 9, he goes, how can this be? <laughs> He's not getting it. He's not comprehending that spirit life. To him, it's always been external. Pharisees were experts at obeying the law. I told you they had the Bible memorized. They literally had the Bible memorized. They're used to obeying everything on the outside. They were so specific about the rules that on the Sabbath, they wouldn't carry any food on them that weighed more than a fig or any amount of milk that, that was more than one sip in a tiny little pouch because they didn't want to be considered breaking the Sabbath. And you can't work on the Sabbath. That's how serious Pharisees were. That's how committed to the rules and rationalizing everything Pharisees were. And so he, he's not getting it. And that's when Jesus says, look, you're Israel's teacher. And you don't understand these things? Some say old Nick there was the greatest teacher in Israel. In verse 11, he says, truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people don't accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you don't believe. He's like, you don't even believe the earthly things I say. How in the world are you going to understand heavenly things? Now Jesus switches gear from someone who is just talking about Christianity and the faith to someone who, and it's talking about salvation, to, to someone who's talking about salvation, he switches to someone who is offering salvation. He says, no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. So he's talking about himself. Now listen, here's, here's where we get to our, our, our main point, and I know this is coming to the end of our message here, but, but lock in. He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. 
that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. That may be the strangest sounding thing that you have ever heard. Uh, if you don't know the story of Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. And this is so paramount because listen, we're at John 3.14 and 3.15. Okay, you know John 3.16, but Jesus is talking about a serpent. He's talking about Moses, just two scriptures before the scripture that everyone holds up at a football game. Okay, so the context is pretty important here. So what is he talking about? Well, let's read the story. In Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, it says, From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. Okay, so this is, Moses has just led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and the people become impatient. Isn't it amazing how we can, God can do a miracle for us and we just instantly forget about it and we get all frustrated and start worrying about us. And the people spoke out against God. And Moses says, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and water. And we loathe this worthless food. These people were slaves. And now they're complaining about their freedom. Their freedom does not, is not as wonderful as they thought it would be. Listen, verse 6. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel died and the people came to Moses and said oh we have sinned for we spoke against the Lord and against you now they're sorry pray to the Lord that he take the serpents away from us so Moses prayed for the people and the Lord said to Moses come on catch this make a fiery serpent the very thing that bit them People say these were snakes that when they bit you, you got a fever, and the fever made you die. It, it was uncurable. So the Lord said, make a fiery serpent, the very thing that was plaguing the people. Make that a fiery serpent. Create one, an image, and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. This is interesting. You're like, that sounds demonic to me. Lifting up a, 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 a bronze serpent. That's demon stuff right there. Isn't it interesting? That the thing that was killing the people and was plaguing the people had to be lifted up on a pole. And the people had to look at the very thing that was killing them. They had to look upon it in order to be healed. They had to look at that thing. See, Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, this is not just about baptizing, it's not even just about the Spirit, but there is a way that you must be born again. I am the Son of God. I came down from heaven, and now I must go to this place called the cross. And the very thing that has been killing you, Nicodemus, and has been killing every person in the world from day one is called sin. I can't go up there and produce an anti-venom for the sin, but I must become the sin itself. And I must be lifted up. And when people look on me 
and they see me and they believe in me I am the cure for your sin that is how you become born again come on give him a praise today thank you Jesus stay on your feet and if you're not on your feet stand on your feet we must look upon Jesus the only way to be healed if you were bitten and we're all bitten by sin the only way to be healed wasn't to look at the anti-venom but we had to look at that vile thing itself on Good Friday I'm going to talk about Jesus becoming the most vile thing in history he becomes it for you we must look upon Jesus and then we must look upon him again and we must believe in Jesus and we need to look again then we need to believe and then we need to look again stop looking at yourself for salvation stop looking at money for salvation stop looking at the pleasures of life for salvation look at Jesus look on Jesus keep my eyes fixed on the cross this is an entire conversation between Jesus and this man who wants to know more everything I have told you is the conversation that sets up what I'm about to say he says and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, John 3, 15, but that the world through him might be saved. Hold on. And he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We have to repent. We have to have a new spirit. It's a spirit life. It teaches us we must look upon him, but it also teaches us that we must believe. So today, that is the call. It's for you to look upon Jesus and believe. We hope you enjoyed this teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith. You can be a part of what God is doing here at City of Life by clicking Give at www.col.tv or by texting a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Thanks for joining us.